Hey moms, was your dinner last night the leftover chicken nuggets from your kid's tray? Is your definition of self-care getting to close the door when you pee? If the only chance that you get for exercise are the squats that you do to pick up your kid's Legos, well then take a seat, mama. You're in the right place. I'm Corinne Crosley, psychotherapist, self-care enthusiast, and seriously imperfect mom of two kiddos. This is Mama Bites. Well, it's been a long time no here. I realize I I uh I realize that you guys might be thinking that I'm I'm dealing with a nasty case of pod fade, which is uh what happens when your favorite podcasters just get exhausted and run of, out of ideas and stop podcasting, but I promise you that is not what's been happening in the last um couple months since I released an episode it was the full court press to finish up the self-care for new moms book. And um, <laughs> it was a full court press. It was pretty exhausting. Uh, there were definitely some 12-hour days of just me staring at a screen, which is, is not my life, I realize, for a lot of people. Um, that's what you deal with all the time. And um, I love you. And tell me your ways. You're amazing. And I hope that you find your self-care breaks during that time. But um, for me, it was this big last push to be done. And I just, I had to pick a lane. I had to pick a lane, mamas, you know how it is. So I picked a lane and the podcast sat. Um, But while the podcast was sitting, while I wasn't releasing new episodes, I have been recording tons of episodes with some amazing experts. And now you're just going to get a ton of episodes released um, once a week, at least for the next several weeks, for the next few months. And we've got people from all walks of life coming. We're going to talk about acupuncture. We're going to talk about chiropractic. We're going to talk about postpartum mood disorders, postpartum mood disorders in women of color. Um, We're going to talk to Marcy Evans, who is going to tell us about her approach to healing body image and talk to Anna Guest Jelly about curvy yoga. It has been an amazing journey writing this book and talking with some of my favorite people who I've known and some of my favorite people I've just admired their work from afar. So this has been such a journey. And I mean, like I've been just totally knocked out by the people who've helped me out and have wanted to come on the podcast and been there are so many awesome episodes in the can and the book is coming it's on its way it's uh it's going to be sent to the printer uh in spring and it is going to be ready uh, uh for your hot little hands in um in early summer so stay tuned for a possible pre-order special coming and um, for now, this episode is with my good friend, Megan Mountcastle, who is a psychotherapist and health coach. And her particular specialty is IBS. And so this episode, while um, recorded during the time that I was writing the book, is actually not just for postpartum moms, it's for all moms. And actually, a lot of the episodes that I recorded aren't just for postpartum moms. Um, 
So uh, enjoy this episode with Megan Mountcastle. You are going to adore her. And for my moms who deal with uh, belly trouble, some tummy discomfort, I really hope that Megan's voice is just a different voice than you have heard so far. She is really something special. And um, she, uh, the coolest thing on here is she leaves her phone number so you can work directly with her. You can just call her, which who does that anymore? It's the coolest thing. So um, enjoy this episode and I hope you're well and stay tuned for way more Mama Bites. Well, Megan Mountcastle, thank you for being on the Mama Bites podcast. This is very cool to have you. This is so fun. It's so fun to be here with you. Uh, And I am especially excited and um, totally partial to this episode because um, we've been friends for a long time. You helped train me <laughs> as a therapist. That was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, I. It's been a long time. It's amazing. It's amazing how long it's been. Yes, it is amazing how long it's been. So, um, but but these fine people don't know about you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and? Um, Then I'm going to start um, peppering you with questions. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah, so I started out um, working in counseling, you know, working with you in our wonderful day treatment program all those years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And so started out with counseling, and um, I, I became very interested also in holistic health. So I have over the years kind of weaved together two approaches to working with people, um, doing traditional psychotherapy and also um, looking at the person holistically and then added in um, coaching and holistic health counseling. So really all I do now is look more holistically at each client. Mm -hmm. I look at health behaviors and how that affects uh, mental health and wellness. Um, And so I really do a blend of both. And I think that, you know, we can get into this more later, but there are definitely differences between my health counseling, health coaching, and psychotherapy work, but they also just go so well together. Mm -hmm. So I'm very interested in physical and emotional issues and how they play off of each other. Um, And, you know, there have been times in my career that I've done primarily coaching and then primarily psychotherapy, and now I really do a blend of both. And I find they work really well together. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm constantly <clears throat> haunting my clients with the the phrase of how we're integrated beings. And um, yes. I'm just thinking how lucky your clients are that they have somebody who studied so much on both sides of it. And that, um, you know, especially some of the things that I know that you specialize in, like IBS, um, is is you, it's so hard to separate out the two and, and mm-hmm. even just the limited knowledge I have about IBS. Um, you know, it would be really great to have everybody who <laughs> treats IBS really yeah. thinking about both, both or not so much both sides of our, of, of us, but like all sides of us. All sides. I think the exciting thing too, is that it's getting more and more common mm-hmm. to, um, to do that. I think that the industry of health and wellness and mental health have come a long way recently um, in understanding how they how they, those things play off of each other mm-hmm. and I see this in the treatment of IBS and in doctors offices now 
sometimes there's flyers. There was one in my doctor's office about treating holistic, treating IBS holistically, and I found that to be really exciting. Yeah, woohoo! That's yeah, a, that's a good doctor right there. Excellent. So, what? You know, maybe we can jump to sort of defining because I realized. Um, you know, after a while, actually, it was sort of more into um, working with my clients with eating disorders that I had always assumed IBS was struggles with um, digestive issues in terms of like loose stools or diarrhea or things like that. But then I was learning about the whole other side with constipation, et cetera. And so can you help us understand like what we're saying when we say IBS? Yes. And I think that that's a great question. And I also wanted to start by saying that um, I always find it funny that now you and I are on a podcast and we're talking about diarrhea <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about constipation mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking about bowel movement. Uh-huh. Um, and I just always put that out there because I think it, talking about it is hard. Even saying those words, I think for some people is hard. And I myself struggle. Like yeah. I myself, you know, it's taken me a long time to be like, no, just put it out yeah, there. They're just you know, words. Let it go of like yeah. shame. Of, yeah. Let's talk about poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can um, you, this is so perfect because what are they doing right now in my backyard, Megan? They're digging the septic <laughs> tank right now. <laughs> what a good day for this. It's really too bad all four of our children aren't sitting in the room while we talk about poop because that's really the only the podcast that they would ever be interested Completely. in. Completely. My son would be dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that this is my career. <laughs> Wait, you made a whole career out of poop, Mom? Tell exactly. me more. I yes, am interested I now. <laughs> so, yes, to get back to your career. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think IBS is something that people use that phrase in very general ways, Mm. that term IBS, Mm -hmm. whether they've been diagnosed or not, it sort of becomes a catch-all phrase Yes, for all kinds of, um, digestive problems. Um, and it's a, it's a very common disorder, Mm. unfortunately, Mm. so, Mm. um, and I think it's one of the most common things that people go to their doctor to understand because it's it's a very common term, but but you're right. I don't think that it's properly defined necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so it basically, IBS is a common disorder that affects how essentially the large intestine is working. Um, oh. It means that your bowel system is not working in sync. It's mm-hmm. not... Um, it's not working well and it's a it's considered what's called a functional disorder which means that they can't see um something on an x-ray or a test or that is um like there's no tumor there's no mass Mm -hmm. it's basically in the functioning the Mm. the functioning goes haywire so it's like a dysfunctional disorder it's a dysfunctional exactly Mm -hmm. um so so there's that piece of it. Mm-hmm. So there, it's also considered a rule-out diagnosis. Okay. So when you go to your doctor, they do a whole slew of tests to mm-hmm. rule out other mm-hmm. things like colitis, Crohn's. food allergies, mm-hmm. which IBS is not a food mm-hmm. allergy. That's a whole other podcast. Oh, we're doing, allergies. that's that's going to be the Instagram thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> IBS is not a food allergy. Okay. It's not a food allergy. Mm. Um, 
And it's not something more serious, so to speak, though it can feel very serious, but it's not like cancer, mm. which you can see on a, on a screen, you know, that you can see Good point. a Good mass, point. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get tested, they can see that the functioning of the digestive system is going haywire via okay. muscle contractions that are not right. Okay. It's too fast. It's too slow mm. in your intestines. Mm-hmm. Um, and that causes pain. Mm-hmm. That can can contribute to constipation. Mm-hmm. That can contribute to food passing through too fast mm. um, through your body. And then, you know, you've got diarrhea. Mm. So it's really in the functioning going haywire. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's really, really helpful. Yeah. That's really helpful information. <clears throat> and I think that, and also the precise cause of IBS really isn't known. Mm. So there's a lot of factors that they that have shown to play a role um Mm. but they can't pinpoint it it's not one thing Mm -hmm. that causes ibs Mm. um and it it also feels very serious but it's not known to lead to more serious issues like it doesn't increase your risk of cancer it doesn't increase your risk of other more serious type considered disorders that's that's really boy is that really helpful to know because I imagine it could really feel that way yeah and it feel it can take over your whole life so I say less serious but it it feels very serious (laughs) for sure Um, but I think also it's it's chronic and it you know we can talk about treatment but there's a lot of factors which makes it really tricky to treat and Mm -hmm. to manage right right well if it if it doesn't come from sort of like one thing if you know there's if if it's a functional disorder and nothing we can sort of like take out, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. It, it just sounds like everything you're sort of laying out. Um, and I'm really glad that at the same time you're saying like, <clears throat> it's not a condition that's, um, that we're, we're seeing escalate to other like, you know, extra scary stuff um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, that it's, it's difficult to treat. Um, and because of, of sort of like, it's very traits, Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so, wow. Okay. So that's, that's a little overwhelming. I imagine for people who are listening or saying, yeah, yes. I, I know this is my life right now. Right. Yes. It can take over your life. Mm-hmm. And, and what are some of the things that can cause a flare up or, or what are some of the things, you know, that do help people get better or is it, or is it just different for everyone? I think, um, so I think it is different for everyone, but I do see common themes in what can help and what can make it feel worse. Mm. Um, so I think one thing that can be very confusing for clients is that they'll say, um, I had a flare up, but I wasn't really doing anything different. Mm. I wasn't feeling necessarily more anxious I didn't eat anything out of what I might usually eat and boom like there it is Mm. and sometimes I I feel like this is a little bit similar to what I hear people say about panic attacks oh wow what a great uh parallel that you're making yeah yeah and when you um and in your experience too Corinne when, when you've treated people with anxiety and panic attacks sometimes they'll say 
well, I don't really know what led up to that. Mm -hmm. I actually wasn't even anxious. And then all of a sudden I had a panic attack. I couldn't breathe and I felt like I was going to die, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can be similar, I think, with with irritable bowel Mm flare-ups where it's like in the moment you might be very confused about what's causing it. Mm -hmm. But then there's these other factors that are sort of looming out there like so I think part of the job that in working with somebody on figuring out your own triggers is to kind of assess holistically what's happening for you like Mm -hmm. continually Mm -hmm. and I would also say that it's a little bit like um it's almost like living in fight or flight Mm -hmm. your body there's like something looming like fight or you're in fight or flight for some reason it's looming there's some stressors Mm-hmm. Some things that are not working well for you looming in the background, and they're kind of catching up to you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. through some reflection, maybe through some journaling, mm-hmm. you might be able to sort of piece together why you're having certain flare-ups mm-hmm. and when. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I also always say that um, working on treating IBS um, – that it's key to, to use a holistic approach. Mm. And when I say holistic, I, I mean just basically using a variety of approach of approaches, mm-hmm. a variety of providers, seeing the big picture, you know, working with your primary care and medical providers, mm. um, and also looking at your food, looking at your emotional health, mm-hmm. looking at your movement and um, what kind of movement is right for your body, mm. um, relaxation, stress management. Mm. And I don't want that to sound overwhelming, and I think that's a process that takes time, mm-hmm. but that's key because you're trying to pinpoint, why am I feeling this way given all these other sort of factors? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. I guess uh, one of the things that I'm, now that you, you've like got my wheels turning about, um, panic disorder yes and yes. sort of like this is um that they probably just should have called it um like bowel panic disorder <laughs> yes oh yes and i think anxiety and panic just go hand in hand and hand in stomach um, like i mean like people's yes. that's where it lives right is in our that's stomachs a lot of the time yeah. um also i always find this interesting and in that you ha- we ha- we all have basically our own nervous system that lives in the lining of our gut Amazing, right? So literally, it's, there's a part of your nervous system that is all throughout your gut. So there's wisdom in the fact that, oh, it's going right to my gut. Or, yeah. You know, that, the idea about um, about gut health. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't even know what we were saying when we were saying, like, trust your gut yeah. and et cetera. But I was also sort of thinking, like... Um, kind of like with panic disorder too that like once once you're kind of like out of a a, a panic attack like then you can kind of like step back and sort of do that reflection but um and and not not having struggled um with IBS and just being so lucky with Mm -hmm. that um but sort of you know talking with people about like Okay, let's figure out the whys and wherefores. But right now, you know, you're just riding the wave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's absolutely. Just yeah, get you through. And how, um, you know, thinking about sort of again that that integrated piece of mind and body of just like 
let's talk about acceptance. <laughs> let's talk yeah. about like this shit is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no pun intended, mm-hmm. but pun intended, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. what's you know what what's gonna help you get through it? It's okay. Yeah. And I think looking at it from a short-term and long-term perspective. Yes. So yes. having strategies of, okay, what is your emergency game plan? You're Love feeling it. your worst. Mm-hmm. You feel like I can't eat anything. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, you, you know, totally overwhelmed, anxious mm-hmm. from the IBS attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like an emergency game plan. And then also, um, setting aside time later mm-hmm. because flare-ups do pass Mm -hmm. they get a little better and then having ways to reflect Mm -hmm. so it's focusing on the the short term and the and the big picture as well Mm -hmm. um and i also think that one of the primary things and the first thing that i work on with people in the treatment of ibs and i think this is true for any um chronic health issue or also anxiety um, is the idea of partnering, like partnering with your body to mm. develop healthful self-care practices mm. so that you can stop the that sort of like fast and furious cycle of acute sy- symptoms. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then while also soothing your overall body mm. to prevent symptoms. Oh, I love that. But I think the key point is partnering with your partnering, body yes. and listening to it in a non-judgmental way. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's so beautiful. I imagine people feel so at war with their bodies a lot of the time or betrayed, right? Yes, betrayed. That's such a good word for that. Mm. And really feeling like, what? why is my body against me? Like, why mm. are you doing this to me? It's sort of like your body is your advers- adversary. Mm-hmm. And then you don't want to partner with it because... You can be angry. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, th- I think that sometimes is a hard sell, <clears throat> certainly in um, working with folks with eating disorders for me. And, yes. and the idea yes. that the, the body is not um, an adversary is, is a totally like brand new idea, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I love that uh, you're bringing it to this and how important that's got to be because if you're at war, we're just going to stay at war Mm -hmm. there's not Mm going to be insight around this are these some of the things that can bring about a remission or I don't even know if that's the right term like what how do we talk about recovery in IBS yeah I think that um yes I do feel like it's it it makes sense that you we can use the word recovery about IBS Mm -hmm. um I think that it is both a recovery and then also a maintenance because Mm, I think that mm. um, we are human and we all have digestive systems that IBS or not, you know, sometimes like everybody has a bathroom story. Everybody's (sighs) like has their story about an emergency. And and I think that that's just human. Yeah. Yeah. Also like with anxiety, um, we all, are going to feel anxious at some point. If Mm -hmm. you're human, like you've experienced that emotion and it can fluctuate and you can be under stress. So I think that it's, it's really about developing lifelong skills Mm -hmm. to keep your body soothed, returning to them um, mindfully. It's Mm -hmm. it's also a huge mindful practice here of Mm -hmm. mindfully knowing, 
okay, my body's my partner. I'm returning to my skills. Oops, I had a flare-up. That also kind of makes me human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I think the answer is yes and no. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's hope. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can stop those sort of fast and furious symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you're not, you know, you're not not recovered if down the line you have a bout of diarrhea for mm-hmm. a few days. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, hard but not I to overreact it, to that, I imagine, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I think you can recover more quickly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. using your mm-hmm. skills later. Sure, sure. Just like if a panic attack comes out of the clear blues, you know, it's been it's been three years. Why did this? You yeah. Know, who knows? Well, okay, it's not. It isn't actually square one. It's actually far more squares than that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, I mean, thinking about the the podcast and sort of who's listening, you know, what are some of the things that you feel like? you know, the elements of mom life, you know, brings up and and might make us vulnerable to IBS or or struggle more or, or, or likely to have a flare up. What do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, this is a great question because I think so much of mom life can make us vulnerable. Mm. I think this is a tough time because especially in the young years. So I'll say that I Mm. think Mm -hmm. being a mom all throughout, no matter how old your children are, um, there are vulnerabilities, but I'm thinking, especially in the very young years, inherently we're so focused on the care of another um, and very intensely, mm-hmm. and we become, I think we can become disconnected from hearing our body's messages. Mm-hmm. And when we become disconnected, understandably so, because it's all about the child, mm-hmm. um, then our self-care time is greatly reduced. And we're just kind of mostly focused on getting through the day. Mm-hmm. So we're not sleeping, grabbing whatever's available, you know, eating in a very hurried way. Mm-hmm. Chaotic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, emotional pressure. And I think, unfortunately, all of those things are perfect triggers for IBS. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a gift <laughs> like basket. The whole package, <laughs> yes. Exactly. I, I remember working a while ago with um, a mom who had young children mm. who, and she was um, she worked part-time but was was home a lot with her with her daughter and she felt like she was missing out on time with her daughter because she was distracted by bathroom trips yeah and then she'd worry about having to go to the bathroom again and what do I do with my daughter yeah where do I put her because yeah. she was running in She's and out little. of the bathroom uh-huh. um, and then felt all this guilt uh. And um, and just really couldn't also figure out the time to invest in how to get a handle on it. So just really feeling stuck. And then that was, of course, then contributing to the cycle as well. Of so course. I think, you know, that that's unfortunately a common story. Yeah. I think number one is identifying that you need support. Mm. I mean, and then I can talk about how I might work with a client like mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. I think um, it's so important to know that that's a cycle that happens and that that's when it's like, okay, I need to talk to somebody about this. Mm-hmm. I Because I think also we're, when, you know, going back to our jokes at the beginning, we're talking about diarrhea. And mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly hard to go to somebody and say, I'm running to the bathroom constantly. I think it's, it feels embarrassing. Sure, of course. So I think, 
Um, <clears throat> I think culturally, like the conversation about letting go of, of shame is important mm-hmm. and helping moms know that, you know, there's people out there that they can talk to mm-hmm. and, yeah. and connecting and, and support, like support is just huge Yeah, because you can, you can just feel so alone with this issue and then be like, I don't want to. I don't want to tell somebody that I'm having to run to the bathroom and that's, that's what's the biggest problem right now. But that's a big problem. It's a big problem, but it's such a big problem. Yeah. It's it's so interesting how it's like so private and so common. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the body shame thing is just, yeah. I mean, I I, I sort of think about that of like, Body shame, of course, that's something like always at the forefront of my mind. Um, yeah, my work, but also sort of like even what our, the shame of what our bodies do in sort of in a in a way that's amazing, right? Like mm-hmm. digestion is amazing, and if you take it, you know, like if you don't consider it as amazing, it's because it's working fine. <laughs> yeah. it's like that's when you realize, <laughs> oh wait, digestion is fucking amazing, and I had no yeah. idea how good I had it until I don't, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And I, I mean, I think the other sort of like PSA I would always um, put out there, um, you know, sort of thinking about your story <clears throat> because I, you know, I love our jobs because for me it's about speaking the unspeakable <clears throat> and yes, how important yes. that is. And I love that you're using the words, you know, like you're saying like diarrhea and constipation and because they're just words, right? They're just words. They're just words. But also – yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I interrupted you, but no, I was no, going to no. say it's just like that. Chil- there's that children's book. Everybody poops. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the more we sort of like can't say it, it's sort of like Voldemort, right? <laughs> like yes. The body function that, that should not be named, right? Right. Um, but as my big PSA would be is like any time you think that you don't you don't have the space or time for what you need right like something like therapy i don't have the time or space like i don't or i just can't deal with this now and i'm saying this to everybody like include like i'm holding i I need to be holding a mirror to myself too like Mm -hmm. that is the biggest flag for needing to make space for it don't you think Mm -hmm. yes but it's so hard it's so hard hard (laughs) And I think it's hard to get started mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you're in a cycle. I think that can be one of the hardest leaps is to decide, okay, I've got to, I can't live this way anymore. Yeah. I need help. Um, and seeing the opportunity, mm-hmm. I think seeing the opportunity is very hard. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if you spend, you know, let's say you start therapy or you start with a coach or, you know, like, with this woman who decided to come and we did some coaching together, mm-hmm. you know, we worked together like it was an hour a week. Mm-hmm. And then when you start feeling better though, the time that you get back by not having to be in the bathroom. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, it's a big payoff. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I'm, and, and I'm I, sure you get that hour back actually quite quickly. Yeah. Yes. And, and also, um, there have been, I think, a lot of studies that have shown that it's it's really about quality with your kids. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're there and all the time, but you're feeling so sick mm-hmm. and you're not really present, right? Um, that that giving yourself permission 
to take some time away from your kids in order to be more present when you're with them. Mm. I think that's much more powerful. Mm. Love that. <laughs> that's <clears throat> that's so great to. So getting getting started is hard. Yeah, but it's worth it. Especially, I'm I'm really taking that quality piece to heart right now. Really thinking about that. Thank you for that. <clears throat> So you have like different, pretty different hats. We sort of alluded to it before. And so you've been blending them. And this, this is a condition that you could treat exclusively Mm -hmm. as a health coach, exclusively as a therapist. Like, can you take us through like how the roles are different, how they're the same, and maybe a little how you've blended it, however you want to go with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think that there, there's a lot of overlap first of all, in, mm-hmm. in the two roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also some differences. And in my psychotherapy practice, um, they are my psychotherapy clients. And I blend in coaching, but I'm not, I, but the role is pretty clear that I'm not going to do straight up coaching with them. Mm-hmm. Because, um, <clears throat> so in my, in psychotherapy, um, I would say that it's often focused um, more on past issues, earlier experiences, and how they are playing a role in current functioning and mm-hmm. emotional symptoms. Mm-hmm. So it's a looking back and forward, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think therapy also uses like tools and strategies to heal from past experiences in service of moving forward um, I think I would say in both interpersonal relationships and the mm-hmm. relationship with yourself. Um, and I would describe a coach when I do coaching as more forward um, and behavior focused. Mm-hmm. So I think a coach focuses less on how our past experiences shape our current functioning and instead help us create our current behaviors into more sort of adaptive ones. Mm-hmm. That's sort of a general synopsis. Beautifully said. Um, Holy moly. Yeah, and I think coaches, yeah, I think they tend to share more information. So it mm. might feel more like teaching moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they might provide more suggestions, mm-hmm. concrete plans towards a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that, though, and it it overlaps a lot. And it, sure. can, be, it can be a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I do provide more, I think I would say in my coaching programs and with IBS, I have a program. I say coaching programs and I take people through steps of a goal towards feeling better. Um, and in psychotherapy, we come to a shared goal and it's it's more healing in a general way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, you know, I actually have quite a few clients with IBS that I see in therapy, but mm-hmm. that actually isn't the primary thing that we're working on together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's sort of a continued um navigation of the differences yeah (laughs) and i'm sure there's intricacies with each person along the way too yeah absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. yeah how did you first get interested in working with people with ibs twofold Mm -hmm. my own experiences Mm -hmm. so i struggled with my belly for a long time Mm -hmm. um and I, um, so I've experienced a lot of the things that I've heard from my clients. Mm-hmm. I can, I can understand what they're going through. And I looked at the different parts of my life 
I would say, in a holistic way, piece by piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, at this point now, I don't think about my belly. I don't, That's I don't worry about what I eat. I don't mm. worry about having a flare up. I'm, I'm in a good spot. Mm. What a hopeful so, message for people to hear. Yes. Very hopeful message. Mm-hmm. Um, it took time. It mm-hmm, took time, mm-hmm, but the time mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. effort was really worth it. And I think it's not a quick fix, mm-hmm. but there's absolutely hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then the other part to that was I noticed the um, huge incidence of IBS and also just, I think, general digestive disorders mm-hmm. among clients. hmm um, in my therapy practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So starting way back mm-hmm. when you and I worked together, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. I would hear mm-hmm. people with major depression, with mm-hmm. anxiety disorders, mm-hmm. with bipolar disorder. major mm-hmm. mental illness talk about yep. um, belly problems. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just, I found it interesting and curious. Hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder what this is about. Mm-hmm. And then learned more and more and continued to see the, the interplay of, emotional stress and, um, and digestive concerns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And thank goodness you did. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, um, important to, to keep the field going. And I think there is a lot more research and I've noticed Mm -hmm. over the years, Mm -hmm. um, that the approach has become much more, um, much more holistic yeah. in, in how primary care doctors um, treat it. And in the, the, again, I talk about brochures in waiting rooms. And, mm-hmm. you know, I worked for a while in a primary care office, and the language that I would hear doctors use was much more holistic than what I heard 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank goodness for that. So hopefully this, this, Next question soon becomes extremely dated, but um, I still feel like it's still going on a little bit, um, especially even more and more in, in not even just in medical offices, but in popular culture, too. Um, so, you know, like where I come from in terms of being uh, somebody who specializes in eating disorders, I just like <laughs> I can't tell you how often I hear about, you know, people having quote unquote stomach issues, right? <clears throat> Digestive mm-hmm. issues and going to, um, you know, well-meaning providers, you know, caring providers who sort of go to the first thing, which often is an elimination diet. And we even yeah. have a, a, we even have a listener question about FODMAP, um, yes. elimination diets. Cause I mean, it, it even feels like it's, it's even sort of, um, you know, trendy is a little too loaded or, or even streaky um, in mm-hmm. terms of like what direction those elimination diets go in. Um, but often, you know, like in, in my case, sort of like, again, another PSA for me, like, you know, grownups who've never really had a ton of the lineups for eating mm-hmm. disorder, you know, some of it, right. But then bang, there it is. And Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I'm often the one who's saying like, well, before, before we take every wheat item off the table, (laughs) let's talk to your provider. Is this absolutely necessary? And so, 
Now I'm really curious in talking to you about this, like for those struggling with recovery and maybe not wanting to go on elimination diets, like, is there a way to treat IBS that, that doesn't necessarily involve this? Like, how do we navigate this? Do you think? Yeah, I think that's, um, that's a fantastic question. And I think, um, two, two ways I might answer that one is, um, from sort of a macro level, which is continued provider education, and that's really on on us mm-hmm. as, as clinicians mm-hmm. um, to keep partnering with medical providers and uh, and working on the language that we use. <clears throat> Excuse me to talk about food, to talk about um, eating, to talk about eating disorders, ways for providers to assess a client's process, where they are in their process, mm. past experience that they've had. Um, and a sensitivity and an ear for someone who might be struggling or might be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second way that I, I would answer that is to go back to um, the, a principle, so to speak, that I said earlier, which is that I think of treating IBS really as partnering with mm-hmm. your body to develop those healthful self-care practices, including looking at food, because food is a piece of this that you can't deny as humans. Sure. We, <laughs> we all have to eat. We, we do have sensitivities. Mm-hmm. People do have allergies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think of allergies and sensitivities also as being different. Yep. Um, and to work on partnering with your body to soothe your body, mm-hmm. um, and that judgment has no place in that process. Mm. Hmm. And also that um, that the 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 end result, I think the goal of elimination diets and that sort of thing is not it's not like doing the elimination diet forever. That's mm. not the goal. Mm-hmm. It's a, those are tools. Mm-hmm. And like the FODMAP and there's there's other elimination diets and there's all these ways of eating and they become the end rather than a possible means to an end. So for example, with FODMAP, yeah. some research has shown that some people do well on it, mm-hmm. but it's so individualized that that, and also that this is just one little part of the whole picture of IBS, that mm-hmm. if it works, so to speak, and for a little while you feel better, okay, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's like, it's not going to you're still vulnerable because mm. of all these other mm-hmm. reasons. Like mm-hmm. if you're not looking at your stress, mm-hmm. if you're not sleeping well, mm-hmm. I think a FODMAP can only take you so far. Oh, good point. And I'm just realizing uh, we're doing that therapist thing of um, abbreviations or, you know, jargon. Can you define FODMAP? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's no fine. Totally fine. <clears throat> so FODMAP um, basically are a type of sugar, they're carbohydrates, basically, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and sugar alcohols that are not well absorbed by the body. So FODMAP, um, I can can say the whole name, but it's very long. It's (laughs) fermentable. Maybe I won't. So I'm just going to say that FODMAPs are carbohydrates and sugar alcohols that that are in food, in some fruits, they're in some vegetables, they're in some, you know, artificial sweeteners, mm-hmm. um, and they 
um, have been shown to essentially what happens is they can ferment in your large intestine. Oh, okay. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, some, some people have, this is the theory behind it. Sure. Um, so there's research has shown that by avoiding, avoiding these foods, that some people, especially with irritable bowel syndrome, do better yeah. without, by not eating these foods. I love how you're saying this. Research has, some research has shown (laughs) that some people (laughs) can have some help (laughs) by avoiding these foods, right? For a while. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think think that's great. (laughs) I think also what can happen is that you go to your doctor Mm -hmm. and you get a handout, for example. Yeah. Or you get a verbal thing. Or a link. (laughs) Yes. You get verbal instructions uh-huh. um, that, you know, okay, try this. Mm-hmm. Try this diet. Mm-hmm. Try this. Eliminate dairy, eliminate gluten, and see how you feel. Sure. That's pretty overwhelming. And then and, you add the internet. <laughs> and then you add the internet. Um, and I think that you can go home and be like, wait, what? What yeah. do I do? Okay, yeah. God, I can never eat dairy again. Yes, yes. And you're lost. Yes. Because not only are you, um, not only are you not supposed to eat this thing, um, which then sort of becomes put in a good and bad category. For sure. Yeah. Then you don't know what you can eat. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I say this <clears throat> working with awesome medical providers that I've just loved who, you know, that, um, that are, are well-meaning and it's, it's, I think it's culture. I think this is a whole cultural shift. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. this call, basically all I'm saying is that you need support. Mm -hmm. People need more support in implementation of not just what might be causing their belly to hurt, but what, what can you eat instead? Mm-hmm. Let's focus and, on that, right. Mm-hmm. And it's also not all or nothing. Mm-hmm. So let's say dairy sometimes you've noticed mm-hmm. upsets your stomach. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you can't, you can't, you always will have to stay away from dairy. Right, right, right. It's not, um, it's not all or nothing. And mm-hmm. then, and I want to also get away from food as being, uh, it's sort of not attaching the judgment there. Like, mm-hmm. you're not bad if you eat dairy. Mm-hmm. That kind of language is, I don't think, very helpful. It's no. about how you feel. Right, right. And and can we even have little intricacies from there? Like, are we talking about dairy? Are we talking about soft dairy? Are we talking about, like, big cups of milk? Are we talking about ice right. cream? Are we talking there's, about hard cheese? You know, because... Totally. There's so much nuance. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> for each person. Um, mm-hmm. And also, are you eating dairy whenever you're stressed? No, oh, great question. <laughs> oh my God. So what is a great it that question. ice cream bothers your belly, but is it because when you eat ice cream, you're already super you're, upset? You've just had a terrible day. Yeah. And um, you're overwhelmed and you're anxious, and other parts of your life might need some support too. Mm. Mm. You're the best, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> so I think all, I think another you know going back to that partnering thing again it's mm-hmm. just partnering with your body to understand the messages and I think a lot of times people need support from someone else to help them look at that for a while and to get get better get better systems 
for reflecting. And you're leading us right into how to do that. How, how do we how do we find those good supports? Do you think? <clears throat> so because there's I lots think, of bad ones out there too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and often, well, usually, a, people I'm have a, tried a couple of those before they've come to us, right? Um. So I think it can be through finding a coach, mm-hmm. or um, or finding a therapist. You know, there's mm-hmm. many wonderful therapists who also can work with you on emotional eating, on um, how your emotions are connected with eating, you know, as you do in your work as well, mm-hmm. as a piece of, big piece of your work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's starting to experiment and seeing what kind of support. Some, some, a lot of this is really experimentation, mm-hmm. and there's not mm-hmm. right and wrong answers. It's just, okay, you know what, I've decided that I need to get help for this. And I don't know exactly what the first step is going to be. So I'm going to reach out and I'm going to try something. I might even just try talking to my partner about it. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. that I'm going through this and I'm Mm -hmm. really struggling and then brainstorming. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, you can start in small ways by just acknowledging and being a good partner to yourself Mm -hmm. by kind of making a commitment to work on this. Mm -hmm. And then there's lots of ways to find find a coach mm. um although you know coaching coaching is a new field so there's mm-hmm. a lot of variability online there's not a lot of, <laughs> there's not much regulation at this point mm. mm-hmm. on coaching mm-hmm. um so that's why i think word of mouth is mm. really good for coaching mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. your doctor already knows coaches i mm-hmm. think i know in the hospital where i see my primary care they actually have coaches in Ooh. Really? The, the office now. So this is, um, kind of, I thought that was kind of cool. That is very um, cool, yeah. So I think asking around, mm-hmm. um, also looking at a coach's history mm-hmm. online, like mm-hmm. do they specialize in IBS? Yeah. Do they specialize in, you know, whatever you're, you're struggling with? Mm-hmm. Um, I do coaching programs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so call me. And can you do remotely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, starting to starting to investigate and starting to, you know, try things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like experimentation you talked about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, I've learned a tremendous amount about this, which... You've been the person who've, who's often most educated me anyway, and I'm still learning stuff for sure, <laughs> like this very <laughs> hour. Um, so we're coming to my favorite question. I know we're like down to the end of time too. <clears throat> but um, as this has been the, the, the postpartum series, even though I think this is probably going to go in the, the general pool because I think this is going to be really helpful for people always. But um, if you could meet yourself in either of your postpartum years, because I know you had two postpartum years, Mm -hmm. um, what advice or comfort would you want to offer that version of yourself? Yeah. um, So I have a few answers to that. Mm. Um, I, well, I always think of my grandmother, who I just adored, and Mm. she used to say, um, this too shall pass. Mm. That doesn't mean that everything always gets better in a time frame that we want it to. Mm. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that knowing that I can get through things and that I can regroup 
when possible mm. to refocus on my own sort of needs in my most tired moments. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I also would say that what would be would have been helpful if I could have said this to myself mm. um, with babies. My kids are still young, but um, I, I go back to a DBT skill. No. So DBT, mm-hmm. uh, Dialectical Behavior mm-hmm. Therapy, which Corinne, you and I both have done with people, mm-hmm. um, is the idea of doing just what is needed. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Because it helps me refocus <clears throat> on it's okay to get through this moment. Mm-hmm. And then do what's needed later, too, to refocus again, regroup. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Do do, what do you need to What do you need to do to get through this moment? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. That's so wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. This is This has been so great. Thank you for for doing the Mama Bites podcast. Well, this has been so fun to get to talk to you, and and I love continuing to work with you mm-hmm. through you know different formats throughout the years. And mm-hmm. Me too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You can try to shake me loose, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> same here. I feel the same. <laughs> and so, and, and we can even preview that being the case that um, Megan's even going to do some co-hosting with me coming up soon too. So people can that's stay right. tuned for that. That's right. <clears throat> and now that we've said it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. People can be like, so when is she, when is, when is that happening? <laughs> yes. Excellent. Where can people find you, Megan? <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so I am offering coaching programs now um, for people to get a handle on their IBS systems, but really don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. And I help you put, go through a series of steps to help you feel better. Um, so you can find uh, my bio and contact info at a website that I'll give you now. Okay. It's thecoastalcenter.com. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and then keep in mind that the details um, at the Coastal Center reflect my psychotherapy practice. And okay. again, that differs from the details of my coaching practice. But they can reach out to me. You're welcome to reach out to me. Mm. Um, I can also give you my direct number here. Okay. Um, so my direct number is 781-908-4339 for anybody that's interested in hearing more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just contact me directly for coaching inquiries, and I can give you more specifics about those programs. And they can be done via phone, so it's not location-dependent. Oh, very cool. Um, yeah, yeah. But the coastalcenter.com will have my, my bio mm-hmm. and um, more information as well wow that's very cool I think it like that's I imagine if somebody's like sort of sitting at home I really um really like to think of like sort of moms listening like either in their car or with like nursing in the middle of the night with their earbuds in and they're like oh my god I just got this woman's phone number Mm -hmm, (laughs) I could call like right now (laughs) (laughs) I will help you yes yes she will well So that's it, moms. That's the last bite for today. But in case you're hungry for more, head on over to the Mama Bites website. That's M-O-M-M-A, Mama Bites website, and stream more of our podcasts. Or find them anywhere that you find your podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. And don't forget to stop by Instagram and definitely 
come on by our Facebook group, The Mama Bites Lunch Table. We'd love to have you there. And until we meet again next time, remember, motherhood is a long journey. Don't forget to pack some snacks.